Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. And a warm welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. I'm glad that we've got this time together. It's been a great week. I hope your week has been going well. And here we are, end of the week, and I've got a spectacular hour planned for you with uh, Rob Morgan. Do you know that there are nearly 100 instances in Scripture where the words faithful or faithfulness are used to describe the Lord? Now, Rob has chosen 52 of these um, words to further uh, talk about in his book, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And it's um, maybe you're in a brand new season of your life. Maybe you are going through something very difficult right now. If that's the case, you've come to the right show today. So I'm so glad to have uh, Pastor Rob Morgan back on the show. He is the teaching pastor of the uh, Donaldson Fellowship in Nashville, Tennessee. He's served there for 40 years. He is a best-selling um award-winning writer with more than 35 books in print. Always glad to have Rob on the show. Rob, welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be back with you. I love it. Yeah, Thank you, you know, uh, the Jordan River Rules, uh, the other new book out, is one that really caught on fire around here at Faith Radio, and we uh, we bought many, many copies, and we gave them out to staff, and we just encouraged everyone on the team to to read it and get prepared for our fall share, and it was fantastic. So thank you for that. Oh, I'm so glad, Bill. Thank you for telling me that. I'm, I'm, it's, that's very fulfilling. I'm glad to know. Yeah. So great is thy faithfulness. I, I'm excited that we're going to uh, start going through scriptures because uh, all the times in scripture where the words faithful or faithfulness is used to describe the Lord, I, I can't get enough of that, Rob. Well, that's true. Now, there's, of course, a sense in which every verse in the Bible speaks of God's faithfulness, the whole book exudes with God's faithfulness, but that specific word, faithful or faithfulness, occurs many times it occurs to describe the way that we should be or the way that we want to be. You know, the Lord will one day say to us, hopefully, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But our faithfulness is only a reflection of his faithfulness to us. So there's nearly 100 times when the Lord is explicitly referred to as being faithful. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I know uh, everyone wants to start learning, so let's jump in and let's start talking about some. Well, uh, the word faithful, as we read it in the Bible about God, simply means that he is absolutely determined to keep every word and every syllable of every promise that he has ever made. So the Bible is full of promises, and when we find a promise— We can rely on that because of God's faithfulness. So here's an example. It says in Hebrews 11.11 about Sarah, the wife of Abraham. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. Mm. And, Bill, that's really a great definition of faith. 
Boys Faith, ever. when we trust God, is considering him faithful who has made these promises to us. Oh, that's a fantastic uh, illustration. I love that. Uh, let's, let's keep going. Well, there's one, uh, Psalm 105. Now, this is a psalm that I memorized uh, years ago, and I often quote it when I wake up in the morning. I use really <laughs> one of the older translations. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye land. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. But it ends by saying, for the Lord is good, his love endures forever, his faithfulness continues through all generations. So the same faithfulness that God had during the days of Jesus, during the days of David, during the days of the Apostle Paul, that faithfulness is exactly the same as the faithfulness that he demonstrates towards us. Uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones, the great uh, British preacher, said, faith is holding on to the faithfulness of God, and as long as you do that, you cannot go wrong. And so his faithfulness endures through all generations, and it's timeless. It is eternal. Uh, And that's why when we have any kind of difficulty, we can find some promise in the Bible, and we can rely on his faithfulness to fulfill it. Mm -hmm. Robert, you're pointing out once again how important our understanding of God is going to be one of the most important aspects of our mental framework that we have when we think of God, and we think of Him as faithful, that's pretty powerful. Well, this is one of His, what we call His attributes, or what theologians would call His attributes. Uh, God has certain things that are true about Him, uh, and we call those qualities or attributes, and uh, they all qualify one another. So when we talk about God's faithfulness, we mean that His love is is faithful and it's consistent. His uh, uh, omniscience is faithful and absolutely consistent. It also means that his omniscience is faithful. I mean, every attribute of God qualifies all of the other ones. And Tozer said, A.W. Tozer, that our lives and our souls, by a secret law of the spiritual world, tend to become like the God that we worship. So we are constantly becoming whatever our image of God is. And if our image of God is materialism uh, or money, then we'll be becoming more materialistic. If it's sex, we'll be becoming more sensual. But if we have a faithful God who makes good promises out of love and who keeps them, then we will be becoming like that as well. Psalm 26 says, I have been mindful of your unfailing love, and have lived in reliance on your faithfulness. Mm -hmm. So, Rob, I want to ask right up front, as we are looking at this uh, book, Great is Thy Faithfulness, how do we, the listeners right now, how do we, we become faithful? Well, the fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. Uh, When we read the end of the book of Galatians chapter 5, We have nine words given, which I think are the primary descriptive words of Jesus. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And these are the qualities the Holy Spirit replicates in us as we follow Jesus carefully. So, you know, in in my case, I'm still stumbling along trying to do it well. (laughs) 
Um, but, you know, I want to make sure that I uh, am in the Scripture every day. I want to make sure that I'm praying. I want to make sure that I confess my sins and try to learn from them. Uh, I want to uh, choose the attitude, such as cheerfulness and joy that God wants me to have. Uh, but as we grow in Christ, then we become more like the Lord. And so faithfulness is sort of, or really all of the fruit of the Spirit is really a byproduct of our following close to Him and drawing on the resources of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting about the fruits of the Spirit. I, I do kind of an inventory maybe a couple times a year where I say to myself, do I have more joy, more love, more peace, more patience, more kindness, more goodness, more gentleness, more faithfulness, more self-control than I did six months ago or a year ago? And if the answer is no, then I have to wonder how I'm doing in my walk. That's a very good inventory to have. Um, I think many times the fruit of the Spirit grows within us and other people notice it before we do. But if we see that my self-control is wavering here, it's not doing too well, or my joy or my sense of patience is eroding. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that can happen because of fatigue. It can happen because of pressure. And those are times when we just need to get along with the Lord and say, Father, uh, like Psalm 23, restore my soul. Um, and, and the Lord helps us to continue to grow. He is faithful to do that. Uh, here's another verse um, uh, that says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Rob, when you come to faith in Christ, I, I guess I thought about this a long time ago, and this is what my, where my mind went, that when I came to faith in Christ— it's as if I walked into a room and there on the table were all these fruits that were now available to me as a gift from the Lord. And that if I wanted more love or more joy or more peace, I would know where to go get it. And then I thought, as I got a little bit older, when you come to saving faith in Christ and God does a complete um, transformation of your heart, do, do all of those not become part of who you are? And it's based on how much you uh, pursue them and and spend time with God is to the degree to which they are going to be uh, enjoyed by you. Yes. Uh, you know, the book of Philippians tells us to work at our salvation with fear and trembling as God works in us. So there is a part of spiritual growth that can only be done by the Holy Spirit, and there is a part that we cooperate with by our own efforts. Mm -hmm. But I think I think in essence— the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5 is connected to what Jesus was saying in John 15, that we must abide in him like a branch in the vine. Now, when a branch is connected to the vine, then the sap flows in an unhindered way and automatically produces the fruit. So if we are abiding in Christ, then the sap of the Holy Spirit flows from Jesus into us, and just like a cluster of grapes on a vine, then the, these various great qualities that we need so much grow. But the analogy breaks down and that that's a very passive picture. There are other places where the Lord also tells us, like in, in Peter, when he says, add to your faith diligence and add to your diligence knowledge. There, you know, there are other places in the scripture where we, we have to do our part as well. 
But the primary foundation of it is God working in our lives by the Holy Spirit when we are abiding in Christ so that we become more joyful and more peaceful. And I need that. Uh, I need increasing amounts of peace and increasing amounts of joy. I think the worst, as the world gets more and more uh, dilapidated, we need to be more and more sanctified. Um, and, and, and sanctified, I think, simply means becoming Christ-like, yeah. and that involves the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Let me take a short break. Pastor Robert Morgan is my guest. The book is called Great is Thy Faithfulness, 52 Reasons to Trust God When Hope Feels Lost. We'll be right back with Rob in just a minute. Today is Pastor Robert Morgan, and he has um, written a book called Great is Thy Faithfulness, 52 Reasons to Trust God When the when Hope Feels Lost. And a lot, a lot of people today, Rob, have gone through a very difficult season of life. Uh, maybe they're starting a brand new season of life. And if you want to strengthen your faith and looking for daily inspiration, this is a great book to get your hands on. Well, and my publisher, HarperCollins, did a wonderful job with a cover with a ribbon in it. It makes a beautiful gift book. The interior pages are done so well. I'm I'm very thankful for what a nice book this looks like to give to a friend. But the most important thing, I think, is is these verses. It's not even what I've written about them. It's the verses themselves that remind us that God is faithful and he will keep his promises. I think, um, Bill, that people underestimate how important it is when they go through a difficult time, they're battling uh, a, a plague or they have a loved one that's in trouble. We have to go to the Bible and start reading where we left off and look for that promise that God has for us. And maybe we go through the book of Psalms, maybe we go through some of the latter chapters of Isaiah, maybe we read Philippians, but somewhere there is a promise that we need that will sustain us through that difficult time. And the faithfulness of God means that we can rely absolutely, 100%, completely and eternally on that promise. So it's a very important concept in the Bible. Rob, I know people will often say, in the midst of difficulty, God is faithful. And I don't know if we know exactly what we mean by that when when we say it, or do we know exactly what the person intended for us to understand when they say that? Well, I don't think we, we ever can fully comprehend any one of God's eternal attributes. But the essence of that phrase 
is that everything God has promised me is going to come to pass. He said, all things will work together for good to those who love the Lord, and that's going to come to pass. He said that he will never leave me or forsake me, and that's going to come to pass. So we have these promises in the Bible that sustain us, and when we say God is faithful, it means that we know he's going to meet our needs. He's going to resolve these issues in his timing and his way. He's aware of what's happening, and he will never leave us and never forsake us. And that's true. He is absolutely faithful in all those ways. Mm-hmm. Rob, how does Jesus factor into God's faithfulness? Well, there's a wonderful uh, passage in Corinthians in which Paul says, All of the promises of God are yes in Christ. And so we say, Amen. So God says, I've got a promise for you. Never will I leave you or forsake you. And Jesus says, yes, and we say, amen. And I really think that the promises of God are ratified by the death and resurrection of Christ. They are paid for and given to us freely by the blood of Christ that was shed for us. His blood paid for all of these glorious eternal promises that the Bible is filled with, and his resurrection guarantees them. So Jesus is very instrumental. Uh, He's given us some promises himself. He said, I will be with you always, even to the end of the world. He said, peace I leave with you, Uh, peace I give unto you, not as the world gives give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Many of the promises are from the lips of Jesus himself, but all of the promises in the Bible Jesus said yes to, and he paid for them with his blood, gave them to us freely, and guarantees them by the power of his resurrection. So, Rob, when, if you're a new believer and you're, you're, you know, we have a lot of people that come to faith, they start listening to Christian radio, which is fantastic. Um, they listen to the afternoon show, which I'm always thrilled they do, and then they want to they wanna understand what God's promises are in the Bible. So what would you say to someone that is looking to find them, understand them, and make sure that they're in context? Well, you know, I I think a book like this, When Great Is Thy Faithfulness, will help because I go through a lot of promises, and that's a good place. It's an elementary place to start. But really, the place that we need to focus on is the Scripture itself. And so to go to a very Um, a book that, well, the book of Psalms, for example, it's rather long, but it's simple and it's relatable. And there are many promises in there. Or to go to a shorter book like the book of Philippians, which is a little letter of four chapters, uh, but it's, it's full of promises. To go there and to read through that, let's say you choose Philippians, just read through it every day, um, because it only takes maybe five, six, seven minutes to read through Philippians, just read through it every day. And I have a wide margin Bible, and when I see verses that really speak to me, I underline and make notations, or I'll analyze them or draw little charts or draw them out visually somehow in the margins of my Bible. Just beginning that daily habit begins to acquaint us with the Word of God, and that includes with the promises that are in the Word. And it's very doable. Even children Mm -hmm. can do this, and it's so important. 
we always want to be trusting Christ for the big things, of course, our salvation uh, and the grace that we receive from heaven. What about uh, God's, uh, Christ's faithfulness in little things that we think about a lot during, during the day, Rob? Well, we are to be faithful in little things, and if we're faithful in little things, the Lord will give us more uh, and more responsibility. That was the teachings of Jesus, but it reflects the fact that God himself is faithful, not just in the big things, but in the, the little things as well. There is no detail of our lives too small for his concern, and there is no part of our lives too big for his enabling. He can deal with the biggest of problems, but he's aware of the smallest of issues. And if there is something aggravating us or we've been hurt by somebody else or there's a little difficulty between a husband or wife or a relationship or or we've had a financial uh, setback, it may not be a major bankruptcy-level problem, but the Lord is concerned about all of those things. And he is faithful and little and much and in everything in between. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you have discussions with people about God and they're unsaved, they're outside of uh, a relationship with Jesus, uh, they ask questions that are along the lines of, is he good and can he be trusted? I think that's oftentimes an obstacle in people's head. Well, I love it when I have a, a conversation like that. Many people are confused. If God is good, why is there so much suffering in the world? If God is is uh, all-powerful, why does he allow all of that? And those are very deep and good questions, and there are answers for them from a, from a biblical perspective. But there is a certain point where we have to say, I'm going to come to Christ even though I can't figure out every philosophical issue yet mm-hmm. that is nagging at my mind. Um, you know, the problem of good and evil faces secularism, it faces atheism, it faces every kind of, of philosophy there is. I think Christianity has better answers than all of the others. But, you know, I still have, uh, when I read the Bible, there's still passages that I think, I'm not sure I fully understand this. I think that I'll be studying the Bible and figuring out some of this even in eternity. Bill, I really think, now I, I'm, I can't prove this, but uh, I think we're going to have scriptures in heaven. There is a verse that says, forever, O Lord, your word is established in heaven. I don't want to take that out of context or make it mean something it doesn't. But just imagine, I've got questions about, uh, for example, the letter of First Timothy. I can't figure out exactly the structure Paul was using, or if he used a structure for writing First Timothy. But think of being able to go up to Paul and say, now, Paul, when you were sitting down to write to Timothy, uh, were you just uh, putting down thoughts as they came to your mind, or was there some kind of master structure uh, you were incorporating into this letter? I think that's going to be a marvelous oh, thing for us to do. It's going to be fascinating. Pastor Robert Morgan is my guest. Great is Thy Faithfulness is the name of his book, 52 Reasons to Trust God When Hope Feels Lost. We'll be right back with Rob in just a minute.
It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. Drive time, drive time. Let's get it started. Jump in your car. What's for dinner? It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. God has given us his book, and it's filled with promises, and this is why it's so important that we know what they are, uh, because we're living in a world where we're not sure what we can believe anymore, and God's faithfulness means every promise is incredibly valuable, and every promise is valid. Not one of his promises will remain unfulfilled. We're talking with Pastor Robert Morgan today. He's uh, got his new book out called, it's a book that we are this was out, now we've revised it, haven't we, Robert? Uh, well, this is a brand new book. Okay. Uh, so it's out, yeah, it's it's not a reprint, it's, okay. not, a, it's not a revision, it's a brand new uh, book just released this week, actually. Okay, fantastic. You know, for some reason I had it in my head that this was a, might be a revision of a, an older book of yours, but that, that, that thought is now out of my head forever. <laughs> well... We are doing that with some books that have been out of print. Yeah, uh, but this, which yeah. one is it that you're doing? Well, there is there are two of them actually. I had a book years ago called The Promise, which is that's it uh, on Romans eight twenty eight, and that's we it. just brought it out. God yes. works everything okay. together for your good. Uh, also, Bill, I had a book years ago um, on devotions from the book of uh, from the hymn book. Uh, 366 devotions from the hymns that went out of uh, uh, out of print, and Baker has just brought that back okay. called "A Song in My Heart." And, oh, beautiful! Uh, and so I'm excited about that too. But this one is a, is a a new yeah new book. So we're talking to Robert Morgan about his brand new book called "Great Is Thy Faithfulness," and this is definitely a book you're going to want to have in your library on your nightstand next to your bed next to your favorite chair as you are uh, learning about the promises of God and his faithfulness. And last time we were on, Rob, we talked, of course, uh, about uh, Katrina. And you had talked about when you get into glory, you'll want to take a walk with her uh, along the Crystal River. And I don't know if I can get through this without choking up. I went on the Internet and I looked at a picture of the two of you, and it was so incredibly sweet. Well, I miss her. She passed away a year and a half ago from uh, complications with yeah. multiple sclerosis. But, uh, you know, in the book of Revelation, faithful is actually a name, a title given to Jesus Christ. It says when he comes again in chapter 19, he'll be, uh, it's, at least symbolically, he'll be on a white horse and his name will be faithful and true. Right. And then we go from there right into the the beautiful travel log of mm-hmm. heaven in Revelation 21 and 22. And I take those chapters literally and in the center of New Jerusalem is the throne and issuing out from the throne are the headwaters of a great river, the river that is clear as crystal. And and when Katrina was unconscious and about to slip into eternity, uh, I whispered to her, and I said, um, just go on to sleep, and when you awake, we'll have a walk together, hand in hand, along the Crystal River. Mm. And I was making a date with her, and I intend to keep that date. Uh, I believe 
I can visualize that. Now, I'm sure I don't fully visualize how wonderful it is. Yeah. But on the basis of what, you know, the descriptions there at the, at the, in the last chapter of Revelation, uh, I can I can see that in my mind's eye, and it keeps me going. Mm. Um, and it's all based on the faithfulness of God, the one who is faithful and true. Rob, I appreciate that so much. How do we uh, talk about God's faithfulness to our kids and grandkids? It says in the book of Psalms that we should tell our children about his faithfulness. And, you know, a, a great way of doing this, I think, is by having music. Christian music uh, in the house, uh, not only the new uh, contemporary music, uh, but also the great hymns like Great is Thy Faithfulness, O God, My Father, the, the great hymn by Thomas Chisholm. Um, and another way is doing what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, just sharing a verse of Scripture when you're sitting or standing or getting up or going to bed or uh, walking along the road or in the car, just say, you know, the Lord showed me this first today. Let me share it with you. And so just in a very natural way, I think we we have to share our faith with our children. We also need to leave behind the testimony. And I write about this in the Jordan River Rules. Um, we have to build a monument. We have to leave a legacy. And I think that every um, every believer ought to record or write down their testimony and leave it with their with their records, with their last will and testament, so that their family will have a record of God's faithfulness in their lives. Yeah, that's so important. Um, talk about feeling sheltered by God's promises. Well, uh, you know, we um, have <laughs> had a lot, uh, a lot of conversations about being sheltered. Um, over the past year, <laughs> having the shelter in place. Yeah, not all but, positive. Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, but there is this sheltering that happens under the wings of the Heavenly Father. Uh, I thought of this a lot. You know, Sheila Walsh wrote a book called The Shelter of God's Promises, and she said, there is the shelter of all God's promises. He not only keeps his promises, but he longs to keep them. And just think about that. He not only keeps his promises, but he just cannot wait to keep them. Um, that's, uh, uh, that's a very comforting thought. Uh, George Mueller, who lived in the 1900s and was a phenomenal Christian, said, many times when I could have gone insane from worry, I was at peace because my soul believed the truth of God's promises. And there have been times, uh, Bill, I don't know about you, when I could either have gone insane or I could have trusted God. Those were about the only two options. And when we trust God, there is a protective, sheltering aspect. Uh, The book of Colossians says that we are hidden with Christ in God, and that's a a very comforting picture. Was it ever. So, Rob, what is the shortest chapter in the Bible? And are, are there some promises in that chapter? Yes, that is Psalm 117, and it's, you know, you can teach this to your children, and they will, uh, they will have memorized an entire chapter of the Bible. Hmm. It says, praise the Lord, all you nations, extol him, all you peoples, for great is his love toward us, and the faithfulness of our Lord and yours forever, praise the Lord. So even in the shortest chapter of the Bible, 
the great theme is the faithfulness of God. Mm-hmm. And we as believers need to be feeding on his faithfulness, and not trying to do everything on our own, but feed on the faithfulness of the Lord. That's a phrase from Psalm 37 and mm-hmm. the New King James Version. Uh, it says, uh, that's the, the psalm that says, do not fret. And that wonderful phrase is there, feed on his faithfulness, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Yeah, it's so powerful. Now, there's uh, so many great uh, stories of of promises from the past, from the uh, from Scripture. Do you have one that you just like more than the others? I know you like all of them, but is there... Uh, you mean uh, a biblical story? Yeah, yeah, a biblical story of a promise. I often go to the uh, Jesus walking across the water towards the disciples. Okay. And he said... Uh, be of good courage, don't be afraid, it is I. And those three statements, it is I, don't be afraid, be of good courage. I can wake up in the middle of the night and I can I can remember those three simple statements. Jesus is here. I don't need to be afraid. I can de- take a deep breath and, and be courageous. Uh, I can I can find courage within myself to relax and to trust him. And to not worry about what's coming next, but just to roll with the moments, knowing that God is in control. So, you know, that's a very vivid scene mm. uh, because we we relate to the storm. We relate even to Peter getting out of the boat and, and being uh, distracted by the vehemence of the weather. Uh, but, but Jesus was there. And it is I, don't be afraid, be of good courage. Mm-hmm. I just, I love that story. And I keep coming back to it again and again. I love that too. So there's people with anxiety and you talk about sleeping. If you wake up in the middle of the night, how can we just rest assured that we are in his hands? This is where scripture memory has helped me. Um, I've, you know, I'm, I'm committed and I, I'm an evangelist for trying to get people to uh, memorize Bible verses or scriptures. But just to find a verse, like we were talking about earlier, Psalm 100, make a joyful noise before the Lord, all ye land. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Well, if I wake up in the middle of the night and I just start quoting that psalm, uh, and it's only five verses, and I think I only quoted three of them to you just now, but uh, but that is a tremendously tranquilizing thing. It settles us down. There is the power of Scripture and of the truths of Scripture, and when you, you can say that verse out loud, uh, or you can just say it in your heart, and you know, the devil doesn't have any answer to quoted Scripture. So I would encourage people uh, and this has been a big help to me, so I'm saying this by way of testimonial, that if you have panic attacks or you're easily disturbed or frightened, then find some wonderful passage or verse of Scripture, write it down, go back and forth preaching it and reading it and quoting it and reciting it until until you've memorized it, uh, and then you'll have it with you always, and it'll be there in the middle of the night or in the middle of a crisis uh, or in the middle of a long air flight, when you just need to, to lean back and close your eyes and think about something, it'll be there when you need it. Mm-hmm. Pastor Robert Morgan is my guest. 
I love in the in the book uh, "Great Is Thy Faithfulness," uh, Rob. You reference Joseph Rainsford, who was an Irish pastor from the 1800s, and he wrote a book also about the faithfulness of God, and some of the reminders that he gave uh, are pretty powerful. God's holiness, which will not allow him to deceive. God's goodness, which will not allow him to forget. God's truth, which will not allow him to change. And God's power, which will not allow him to fail. It was a wonderful book. I found several very old books on the faithfulness of God. And I would try to, you know, I tried to uh, import quotes from them into my book. Uh, On one occasion, the language was so archaic, I sort of updated it. But, um, you know, Bill, I was told years ago by Billy Graham's wife, Ruth, to read an old book for every new book that I read. Mm -hmm. And I found that in in times past, people had more time to think, to ponder. And the books that have endured from two or three hundred years ago uh, and even earlier can be very um, very deep and, and encouraging. And so this one is by Joseph Rainsford, and I'll also use a quote of his. He said, God's promises are a staff for the hand of faith to grasp. Yeah, that's fantastic. Take a little break. Pastor Robert Morgan is my guest, and his brand-new book, which is just out, and I highly recommend you going to Amazon.com and checking it out, is called Great is Thy Faithfulness. 52 Reasons to Trust God When Hope Feels Lost. Robert J. Morgan. After a short break, we'll be right back. nearly a hundred times in the scripture when the words faithful or faithfulness are used to describe the Lord. And uh, Pastor Rob Morgan has chosen 52 to explore further in his brand new book, which is out called Great is Thy Faithfulness. So Rob, I'm wondering, how do we do nonstop faithfulness? How do we practice being faithful ourselves? Yeah, just, I mean, nonstop, because, you know, you talk to people and they go, well, then this happened to me and I feel like I kind of lost my faith. And then my faith took kind of a beating, and then I came back. And so, how do we practice? How do we pursue nonstop faithfulness? Well, consistency in anything is very important. And, uh, you know, it's often been said that if a, a husband is faithful to his wife 99% of the time, then he is 100% unfaithful. Mm-hmm. So, so, we need to work on that consistency. Now, I'll tell you that I haven't arrived at 100% consistency yet. Um, there may be some day like the old song, some, you know, the, the chimes of time ring out to news another day is done. Someone slipped and fell. Was that someone you? Well, sometimes that someone is me. Um, I may have lost my temper or I may have uh, sunk into a, a depression or let myself get discouraged or developed a, a bad attitude or, or any number of things. But I think that certainly as we, are aware of that, and we confess our sins, and we work on how to improve our um, steady Christian walk, and we stand the Scripture every single day. We develop 
habit patterns of holiness in our lives that include Bible reading and prayer. Um, that may, may seem overwhelming to some people, but it's been a lifelong pattern for me that I couldn't have gotten along without. There may be days when I skip my exercise routines, but there aren't many days when I skip my devotional exercises. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob, when I think of all the promises in Scripture, what happens when uh, people take a, a promise and they, they don't apply it correctly or understand it, or they maybe hijack it a little bit to, to fit something that is that they want it to fit? We have to read the Bible wisely and study it in its context. So I agree with you. We just can't take uh, Bible verses uh, out of context and and think that they're like a piece of confetti floating in the air that we can grab or like maybe a little slip of paper inside a Chinese fortune cookie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like that. Uh, the, the, the Bible is, is a logical, cohesive book, and it, it's a set in history, and it, it's got literary uh, unity to it. And, and so as we study through the Bible, hopefully we're going to a good church where the pastor is preaching expositional sermons and preaching through books of the Bible so we can begin to learn in that way. Uh, hopefully we, we have a good study Bible. There's a lot of great study Bibles out so that we can read the background of the book and who wrote it and where it was written and who it was written to, and there'll be uh, little notes you know, with every verse to help us understand anything difficult there. I have several study Bibles, and, and I use them regularly. Uh, but if we do those things, then obviously the Bible is not designed to be difficult to understand. It's designed to be available to everybody in the world. It's designed to be a book that will even encourage children and young people. So I don't think we need to be overwhelmed by the Bible. We just need to be good and faithful students of it, and and sometimes Bible study groups and, and good churches with strong pulpit ministries and good study Bibles can help us a lot with that. Mm-hmm. Rob, in the chaotic world in which we live, I, a lot of people are talking about their peace of mind not being as good as it once was. Uh, certain certainly seems to me that by studying, memorizing, and knowing God's promises, you can bring an incredible amount of peace to your mind through that alone. It's what helps me so much. You know, this book is named for something that the prophet Jeremiah said on the worst day of his life. When the city of Jerusalem fell, his ministry failed, his his family uh, was endangered, his friends were swept away, the walls were burned down, the Babylonians came in, and he was stunned, and he sat down and wrote this book of Lamentations. Uh, just funeral dirges. But in the middle of it, he said, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And so Jeremiah knew how to do this. He said, "I'm, I'm in a world of pain right now, but I'm going to bring something to my mind, and that gives me hope. And he changed his thoughts, centered them on God and his new mercies and his daily faithfulness, and that gave him hope. And that's the same technique 
that all of these years later still works for us. Mm -hmm. Rob, one of the promises that completely blows my mind is that God's faithfulness to forgive us, to forgive me, that he is faithful to do that. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Mind-blowing. It's First John chapter 1 and verse 9. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins uh, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And this is a, a passage that uh, I just constantly need. You know, the moment we come to Christ, our sins are forgiven past, present, and future. But on a daily basis, we don't want anything to hinder our ability to abide in Christ or have a consistent daily walk with Him. So when something occurs that we instantly know, I shouldn't have said that, I shouldn't have thought that, I shouldn't have done that, uh, then we say, Lord, forgive me. And not only just forgive me, but cleanse me and mature me. And the Bible says the one who's begun a good work in us will carry it on to completion. He isn't done with us yet. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for Malachi 3.6 that says, I, the Lord, do not change. Yes, the unchangeable nature of God is the basis for so much. If If he felt differently today than he did yesterday, we'd be all be in trouble, you know, but he isn't fickle. His emotions don't go up and down. His thoughts don't change. He is as steady as the universe and far more so. You know, Rob, it's such a powerful topic in in conversation with people that we're sharing our faith with or we're, you know, asking if they're interested in a relationship with the Lord to share with them uh, something in your life where where you experience the faithfulness of God. Because they're they're always kind of wondering, well, you know, what what can I count on him for? What, and if you can share stories of faithfulness uh, and do that readily with one another, it probably really builds up the body quickly. Yes, I've been studying in the Book of Acts. I do a, a podcast, and I'm teaching through the Book of Acts right now, and I'm coming to the last part of Acts. Do you know that in the first part of the Book of Acts, as it relates to Paul's story? We have one sermon to the Jews, one sermon to the Gentiles, and one sermon to the church, one in each of Paul's three journeys. But in the latter chapters, we, Paul just reverts to sharing his testimony. He does it in front of the Jewish mob. He does it in front of the Roman procurators. Um, and and it's, it's wonderful to be able to preach sermons and give teachings. Not everybody can stand in a pulpit and preach, but we can all say, here is something the Lord has done for me. I I just want to tell you what the Lord has done for me today. I was uh, downcast. I was blue. I was worried about this. And I threw open the windows, and the sunbeam fell on this verse of Scripture, and I read it, and it reminded me that God is faithful. And just as simple as that, we can share a testimony that may bring Christ eventually and maybe immediately into the life of someone who needs it. Mm-hmm. So if you are a person that worries about the headlines in the news, or you've got concern about your families, which I'm sure you do, or your own future, maybe you've got things that are keeping you awake at night, this is a book you're going to want to have by your bedside. Uh, Robert J. Morgan, my guest, has written a book called Great is Thy Faithfulness, 52 Reasons to Trust God, 
when hope feels lost. And I know a lot of people suffer with that idea often. Uh, at some point in their life, they think, my faith is, uh, is not what it once was. Well, Psalm 111, verse 7 says, The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. Mm-hmm. So both his works and his words are faithful and trustworthy. So it reminds me of that verse in, in the book of Deuteronomy that says, The eternal God is our refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. And, Bill, this, I think, would be a, a wonderful—it's a beautiful book, the way that they put it together, and, and a nice gift uh, to give to someone who needs an uplift. Yeah. So I, I hope the Lord will use it. Yeah, well, I know I'm getting one. So thank you so much, uh, Rob, for coming on the show. Always a delight to talk to you. My pleasure. The Lord bless you and uh, make you a blessing, Bill. Thank thank, you. Thank you so much. Robert J. Morgan has been my guest for the full hour. If you missed any of this, you're going to want to go back and hear it. Um, uh, His new book is now out, and it's called Great is Thy Faithfulness, 52 Reasons to Trust God When Hope Feels Lost. I think it's a book you'll enjoy. All right, we'll take a little break. We'll be right back with Hour 2 in just a minute. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.